Uh, Norik, do you want to kick it off? Yeah, kick it off, man. What's up, everybody? What's up? Um, the only thing I love kicking it off, but I forgot what episode we're on. Twenty six. Twenty six. We're on episode twenty six. Yeah. We're even do this way longer. Flick podcast. Yeah. Red boys, some boys. Right. Yeah. Live via Zoom. Via um, Zoom. <laughs> remote. Remotely. Uh, it's your boy Norik. That's cool. It's Skywalker Mike. Young Flocko Asens here. What's up, guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, guys? So good to see you guys' faces. Yeah. Uh, last time, uh, we we haven't seen each other in a little while. You know, there's a lot that's been going on in the world. Oh yeah. Um, you know, we were just having Netflix parties about Tron. You know. Oh my gosh, that was the last episode, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was the last episode. You know, awesome movies and things that we were gonna compare and contrast and all this stuff, and then. Damn it, the world went on fire and bullshit yeah. shit hit the fan. Well, it was on fire already. Exactly. It was already somebody on fire. threw like gasoline on they it. They got kerosene, gasoline, yeah. a whole bunch of other unnecessaries thrown into the pit. Uh, 2020 was going to be crazy. We didn't realize six months <laughs> in it was going to get turned upside down. Yeah. Um, for good Dude. reason, though. This isn't anything to make light of, of what's going on. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely, um, I think, with everything kind of rolled into one, whether it was COVID, whether it was a quarantine, um, and just everyone having a lot of time to themselves, the minute that something national happens, everyone really got to tune in and they didn't have the excuse normally of, oh, I have work or I have these other obligations. Yeah. Um, they really got to tune in to what's going on. So everyone's opinions have been on maximum. Every, all the information have been on maximum, and um, yeah, it's been it's been a little wild out here, guys. Yeah, there's been a lot of conversations being started, even between like even between the people that don't want to have the conversations, they're still having the conversations, you know, online or with their yeah. family, with their friends at the at a kickback that they shouldn't even be at, but. I mean, they're they're still happening regardless. Whether it's a negative or positive conversation, it's needed, you know, just to right. get the idea of what's going on or, you know. Yeah. yeah. Get the ball rolling, like you said. For sure. Yeah, I'm glad. Well, one, I'm glad you guys are safe. Um, listeners, I'm glad you're safe as well. Um, and I hope everybody's still taking proper precautions because I know kind of, kind of like California opened up and I was closing up again. Um, I went to a sit down restaurant for my grandparents anniversary like last week. Um, but it was like proper look, like everybody was like more than six feet apart. Every table were like spread apart. Right. Everybody was wearing masks. Yeah. So, but it was different. It was just, it, obviously it's not the same. And I, I kind of, I'm going to assume nothing's really going to go back to being the same anymore, um, which I'm kind of okay with. Um, I don't mind saving money, staying home at all times yeah. when I need to go out, I need to go out. Um, but also I'm back at work. So I'm, I'm interacting like I was, you guys already know I was like antisocial for that two months. I was <laughs> off work and just chilling, but, um, people have no sense of like personal space still. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah, no, they never kind of did, you know? So it's, it's a new learning process. A lot of people like are still very, uh, stingy um, yeah. things changing, you know, they like a lot of people are like, Oh, I can't wait till things go back to normal. 
Mm, it's, um, yeah. it's not, there's this, it's a new normal type. Right. Thing. That's what you have to look at. But I mean, I think we'll get there. Maybe not this year, maybe not even next year, but it's going to be a process. We're living in a giant parks and rec slash curb your enthusiasm episode. Cause like, <laughs> I feel like everything I see is like, it's just, I feel like it's unreal still like the way some people interact and some people kind of address things. Yeah. But all that to say, I'm glad everybody's safe. Yeah. yeah. I show you just how many people have been living without thinking, you know, right. like, yeah. now it's kind of scary. You're kind of like, damn, yeah. there's, there's more people that are like, I guess you could say awake, you know, but it's like, yeah. what were you guys doing the whole time? What were you, doing before? you know? And like, there was a lot of people that were just living unconsciously and they were just consuming, you yeah, know, it was just like auto autopilot pretty much. Exactly. And now we can't really move on autopilot anymore because it's dangerous to do so. And um, it's just crazy how a lot of people, um, they still, you know, we're, we're, we've always been an individualistic society, mm-hmm. and, you know, like with capitalism in the U.S. and everything like that. It's very, um, you do for you. And if everyone does for you, then we're all good. Mm-hmm. And that's okay in theory. <laughs> but when, when things hit the fan, yeah. then nobody knows how to do for others. And right. that's where you get all of these videos, all these Karen videos, all these people that are just acting out. Okay. And it's like real common sense, like just yeah. to take right. care of yourself so that you can take care of others. But everyone just feels like they're above it, you know, or they don't need to, or somebody else will do it for them or somebody has to do it for them. And it's just crazy out here, man. There's a lot of, a lot of weird interactions that I'm sure that we're all seeing on the internet mm-hmm. and that we may even have Over. ourselves. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think, I mean, I've been in a lot of situations before where I didn't think about them the way I do now. I look back and I'm like, I can't believe I actually went through that and I'm still here, you know, compared to a lot of other, you know, people that, that aren't here with us anymore. But I mean, it's, it's a scary world, you know, and you don't really realize it until like, like right now, like I said, a lot of people are awake or a lot of people are realizing, wow, I didn't even know I was being you know, I, I guess you can, you can say oppressed or, or being discriminated, you know, at that moment, mm-hmm. but you know, it's all coming to light and you're all, we're all realizing things we, we've never realized before, but, but like yeah. you said, it's a good thing. We, we need, we need to wake up that, I mean, even I feel like it it was, it was getting to a point where it was gonna, you know, like it was just going to burst. I think with or without the quarantine, it was going to happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. the quarantine helped everyone pay attention because these things have happened before Mm -hmm. but most people have made the excuse that i'm too busy right you know and the quarantine eliminated everyone's busyness you know so now it's like whoa well i'm not too busy now i have to pay attention to this and depending on how prepared you were is like how you're reacting to it you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm sure some people, their world kind of just like imploded. You know what I mean? Like, cause I don't want to say being busy is like an excuse, but like you do get busy. You do get busy, especially if you have family, you have kids. Like you do, you do get caught up in what you're doing at all times. So you don't really have time to pay attention to the news, you even have social medias. But then when you finally create a social media after, you know, not doing anything, yeah, kind of just kind of see everything unravel. And I'm sure for some people it's like... Yeah. This is crazy. No, no, I know for Twitter, um, a lot of people like recently joined Twitter and they're like, whoa, like, what is this? Like, 
Like it's crazy. There's so much you could do. There's so much you could talk about. There's so much going on. I mean, right now I feel like Twitter is kind of one of the places where a lot of people get a lot of their information. Right. But um, I, I'm. It's not the there's direct source, but it's kind of like the best way to hear things word of mouth. You know. Yeah. One of the the social like actual social medias because there isn't an algorithm based on who you like follow so to speak, like the information that you're getting from who you follow mm-hmm. like Facebook or on like Instagram, you know, it's kind of tailored to, to what you've liked and, w- and what you haven't liked in order to get your information. But Twitter's very real time and very like in the now of everything. Yeah. That's right. So that's what makes it. Pretty, um, you know, yeah. Like, I feel like kind of get stuff. Yeah, I feel like it's very of the people as well. Especially, all it takes is a retweet to kind of to just reach yeah. a couple hundred more hundred people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, with everything that's going on with um, the the deaths of American citizens all across the country that has erupted um, in protests against basically the establishment, basically you know. I wouldn't just say the government, but I think the system that has been in place in our society that has been in the background that has allowed America to be America and to run is now getting challenged by um, everybody who's right. in it, you know, and and so that's really where we're challenging the notion and the American dream of all men were created equal, and we're discovering that that isn't the case, you know, and mm-hmm. that the systems that are in place are meant to keep certain groups and certain communities oppressed, black communities, um, people of color, you know, communities, immigrant communities, um, oppressed and unaware of information. And then on the flip side, the system is also meant to keep a lot of, of the communities that they champion unaware of these things as well. You know, they're trying to make sure and, uh, keep these unconscious people continuously unconscious. Like you don't have to worry about this. You don't have to help this situation. And that's kind of where we're getting this, uh, this back and forth and this, um, this combative kind of feeling that we're having in America of people on one side who didn't know that all of this was going on and thought that this was a one-off or this was a specific case. or There was a reason for all the things that they heard before. And then you have, on the other hand, all the people who knew that this was going on and have been fed up, you know, and are just tired of of this continuing to happen. And now as the information is being given out, there are some people from this side that are joining this side. And there are some people from this side that hate the people on this side. And it's just like causing this whole. Yeah. uh, It's it's like it's like a tornado It's just like hot air and cold air. And it's just. Creates like this crazy ass wind and just blowing right. everything everywhere, you know, at all times. Who knows when it's going to stop? But yeah, I mean, the only thing we can do is just keep moving forward, you know. Like, like we said, we can't just wait for things to get back to normal because they won't. They won't get back to normal. Yeah, um, we're lucky enough to have a community that kind of like oh, we yeah. have our, we have our group chat. You know what I mean? We have a community where we kind of tap in on certain things, and we're kind of there to kind of like not check each other, but like. If something needs to be said, it will be said with love. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, 
and that, I think that I think this is the thing I appreciate the most out of everybody that we know personally. Um, I think everybody needs that. You know, right. everyone needs community to to be able. Like, if you're listening, oh, yeah. you group of friends that are diverse enough to give you not just um, force feed you opinions or force feed you what they think, but open minded enough and they love you enough to be able to have healthy debates and healthy conversations and look towards um, the betterment of your community and the humanity in, in general. Right. Then um, I think that that's very, very useful. It helps yeah. you keep sane during these times. Yeah. Yeah. I felt, yeah, I felt way better than when quarantine started. Um, I kind of got back in my groove from like work and then balance that with music, being in sessions, zoom calls. So I'm kind of like just ready to get back to work. And then obviously when I need to say something or when I like actions need to be done where like, if my friends reach out to me, then like, I kind of feel like now it's back to second nature. Like, okay, I'm ready to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm kind of like in reprogram mode, just trying to really, really tackle. (laughs) Sorry. Just, just trying to see what I can tackle, how I could tackle it best I can, like with the with right. the knowledge and abilities that I know, you know, not trying to extend too far, just trying to do what I can, you know, best best I can. Yeah, you know, that's I think that's really what it, what anybody's asking for. You know, it's just it, this is a time to do the best that you can. You can no longer be on the sidelines of this situation. Of yeah. this, you know, you have to be a part of the equation. You have to be a part mm-hmm. of I what. Mean, happens. A lot. I feel like a lot of people feel like, oh, like I don't really have nothing to contribute. You know, like if you, I mean, I I think if you can draw, you can you can make signs for people that are going to protest. If if you can, um, if you're good at organizing, like help people put these together and put the details together. Uh, if you graphic design flyers, if you if you're a DJ, uh, just like try to try to like do a stream and and get money to donate you know there's so many different ways if you cook make snacks for people like that are going to protest you know there's so many different ways it's not just about donating or signing these petitions it's those things too but it's it's a lot deeper and and people got to be a little bit more creative and and trying to find ways in contributing you know yeah and let's just be clear you know black lives matter Mm-hmm. every day and, um, all day and it is a humanity issue this is not a political issue yeah now, our our society is built off of politics so there will be politics trying to take advantage of oh, yes. the they want to co-op the movement they want to do all of these other things they want to utilize it in order to get people on either side of the aisle and the fact is, is that humanity, this is a humanity issue. This is about people being equal and having equal opportunity on this land in all shades, all forms, all walks of life from every corner. And as, as long as our system does not allow that, then there are going to be people who are rebelling against the system. And now it's going beyond just... Um, you know, conspiracy theories and conversations with your friends over, you know, while you're smoking weed or whatever. Like, that's not, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about actual actionable items on changing the system and identifying the things that, that ultimately, um, you know, make it not true, ultimately make it false, ultimately, you know, don't have it work at a hundred percent as 
what the people before us thought that it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, our country has grown uh, from before you know, 1776 when you know a certain group of people came over here and, and laid claim to what was going on, and they thought that what they wrote was law. And there are people who believe that for hundreds and hundreds of years, and it no longer applies. You know, um, it no longer applies in the same type of way, and it has to get tweaked in in a certain of you know in different types of ways. And and we are finally at that point in society where enough people give a damn to start making those changes happen. So this isn't going to end anytime soon um, because we are in the middle of a revolution and the revolution is being televised on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. 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 But most, most importantly, one of the things I do want to plug real quick is go register to vote. Yes. You know, I think I have a link in my bio, uh, Skywalker Mike underscore for register to vote. Uh, Brick to your face also has a link. Um, yeah. I mean, like that's probably one of the most important things, but obviously we need to, um, I guess, campaign before that. In a, I guess not politically, but campaign for what we really want before we get to that. And I mean, during this time. So, but yeah, I just wanted to plug that real quick. Yeah. One piece too, that someone shared. Um, if you know who you're voting for, make sure you register to vote under whatever Democratic Party they're in or Republican Party. or Republican Party. Or yeah. No matter what party, party they're in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because you don't want to put that you don't know otherwise your vote's invalid basically yeah pretty so much. um i learned that last year my yeah. last time. that's another work of the system you know to make sure that they that they skew what needs to happen you know they know that voting is a fundamental right of everybody mm-hmm. born in this country but they will do things like that in order to prevent your vote from actually counting because people again are trying to co-opt the politics and they're trying exactly. to exactly and yeah. change the, the system in a certain way. Yeah. So it is, we have to do our duty as citizens to really um, educate ourselves and vote and do different things like that. And um, it's, it's just so imperative, you know, like a lot of times, and I, and like, I come from that, from that kind of generation too, you know, with the internet and people finding out that yeah. voting has been rigged and all these different things where it's like, oh man, your vote doesn't matter. Your vote doesn't matter. I can't tell you how many times like I've grown up and, and even felt strongly about that at a certain point in my life, you know, early when I was able to vote, you know, when I turned 18 and turned 19, I was just kind of like, uh, you know, I'm going to just vote for the president. I'll just do Obama. And like, right. And like, <laughs> but realizing that you have a duty to your own community, not even the presidency, but just your community. Who's your chief of police? Who's your, you know, your secretary? Who's your, your, your representative, your house representative, all these other things that people are in charge of, you know, they're really in charge of making decisions for your life that alter how much money you have, um, how many, how much police are in your community, uh, how many public services you have, all these different things. And they count on us to not be aware of them um, and to confuse one another into thinking that it doesn't matter in order for them to control it. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I will say is that if all of us do what we have to do, and let's just say that it's still rigged, right. then now we have a culprit. Yeah. Now we know exactly who our enemy is 
and what is happening if all of us do our part. But we've we've been able we haven't been able to do that as yet. We haven't been able to get everyone together to do it and then them look us dead in the eye and say, Oh, well, this doesn't count or this doesn't, you know what I mean? Like if we're able to catch them red-handed in what they're doing, then we can make a difference. But the more that we're bickering amongst ourselves, the more they count on that so that, you know, we confuse ourselves and they just slip things under, you know, underneath. And, you know, it just, it just happens for us. And we're just kind of like, Oh, well, yeah, the police budget went up 3%, but I don't really care. Well, you know, that 3% has just armed your police with riot gear. So, right. you know, and they're the ones that are that cause that wealth that's on your head because you got hit while you were protesting peacefully. And so it's those kinds of things that we have to start playing the long game, you know, when it comes to, to our society. And our society, it's difficult because they've groomed us to go for instant satisfaction. All of our inventions are not for the long game. All of our inventions have been for instant satisfaction. We're going to give you a phone that has all of the tools necessary so that you can get everything instantly. We're right. going to give you a microwave that makes your food instantly. We're going to give you direct TV and, and Netflix and streaming so it gives you everything instantly. And we think it's great, but the, the issue is, is that that teaches us not to know how to do the long game, how, right. to, do, how to invest how to do all these other other things that are necessary for generations to change, you know, and for us to actually see that change. And um, that's something that I hope that with everything that's going on, people are, are starting to wake up to. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I mean, I definitely want to talk about this a lot more, you know, um, more podcasts, you know, bring people on and, and discuss it with them and their their opinions or different different subject matters and stuff like that. They, I mean, like you said, it's we have a long way to go, right? And it doesn't stop here. Um, yeah. Lastly, um, I mean, iron sharpens iron. So, like, I mean, being around yeah. you guys, like knowing you guys as oh, long yeah. as I've known you, <clears throat> like we teach each other things all the time. We learn something new every day. So, I'm I'm lucky enough and blessed enough to be able to be a part of a community that provides yeah. those things to me rather than. Like I grew up not knowing anything about politics, not knowing about anything about local politics. Like it plays a huge part of who you are and like where, like what your home is. So, yeah. 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 I definitely want to highlight. Um, I had talked to you guys highlighting um, a lot of like black artists or, um, you know, black, black, like uh, creativity that's just going on right, right now in the, in the movie and entertainment industry. Um there's there's a few things you know not a lot of people are dropping music or uh, obviously not a lot of movies are dropping in theaters so but um there there is some movies on Netflix that recently came out by a very prominent director named Spike Lee hey. everybody knows about Spike Lee he, he sure. he's like the Black Tarantino pretty much pretty and much. pretty much and um he just came out with a movie on Netflix. I I didn't even see this coming, you know, like I didn't see trailer. It was probably going to come out in theaters and he's like, go to Netflix. He's like, he took the Scorsese route. He's like, Scorsese did it. I could do it. Right. And I think Scorsese has another movie coming out too, but that's different. Yeah, I think there was part of the film. I don't think it was just one movie that was going to go direct to streaming. And, and that's something that's powerful that Netflix kind of has. And, even some of these other streaming uh, sites as well, Hulu, Amazon, like directors and actors are now starting to just work with them 
mm-hmm. like directly instead of going to all these movie studios. And it's, right. and it's been beneficial because even before COVID hit or the quarantine, it was kind of moving in that direction. You know, it was yeah. kind of moving to that direction, you know, but with this all happened, this only added more fuel to the fire of saying, well, what if we're unable to go to movie theaters anymore? We have to now create content that will stream well and mm-hmm. that, you know, and that will, will, um, well, you know, again, back to the, to the direct interview. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, so before we go on with Spike Lee, um, I remember we mentioned one time like Netflix on a the theater, you know, and showing movies there. I feel like after this quarantine, a lot of theaters are going to be going out of business or stuff like that. I feel like Netflix or, you know, some streaming site might step in and be like, Hey, maybe we'll buy a few of your theaters, you know, and, mm-hmm. and see where that goes. But, yeah, but, I mean, we got to see what happens. That's just kind of a theory that I have, you know. We talked briefly about Amazon acquiring AMC, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, and what that would mean. You know, uh, it's a it's an easy branch, you know, transition of oh, you yeah. know letters are already there, yeah. um, and <laughs> the technology that would be implemented, um, as well as being a Prime member and the different perks that would come with being a Prime member. Um, or it just seems like an automatic sell. So I'm, I'm wondering as soon as it's safe and comfortable to go into the movie theater where we might see a lot of that happening. I think the traditional Regal and, and yeah. AMC and Edwards and Cinemax or not Cine- Cinemark, Cinemark, um, yeah. Skinemax, no Cinemark yeah. uh, are going to, you know, they're going to have to make some decisions and they may actually sell to a lot of these streaming companies. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty interesting. But yes, we are going to be highlighting um, a lot more black artists, a lot more um, artists of color um, just moving forward um, with the things that we talk about because their contribution will no longer be submerged. Um, so today we are going to be talking about Spike Lee's new movie that he dropped on Netflix starring Chadwick Boseman. It is called The Five Bloods. Yes. Yes. Not just Chadwick Boseman here. Let me pull up the cast. It's funny that like the trailers show him like he's not really in it. He's not really (laughs) honestly that was gonna be my first critique. I was like, why was he even in it? Like (laughs) like, you could have casted any other like regular regular actor and not have the star power that Chadwick Boseman, you know, carries with him because of the Marvel movies and because, you know, Jackie Robinson and different. Right. Yeah. He's still been fine, you know, but I was reading that, that there was a a cast that he wanted before this. Like he wanted Samuel Jackson to be in it. He wanted Denzel Washington to be in it. Like it was supposed to be this huge black actor cast and yeah. mm. but you know what i still like the the actors that were chosen you know like they're not i mean they're known well some of them are known some of them are not too well known but they really f- i think they fit really Their well chemistry you know? yeah that was the first thing when i first watched the movie i was like yo this chemistry is it seemed like just a bunch of uncles just coming together yo. after the yeah. war you know come, going back to get what they they're what's rightfully theirs yeah, I think I loved it even more that the fact that they didn't hire younger actors either to play their younger selves, to portray them younger selves. Yeah, they just kind of make put a little bit of makeup. <laughs> that, was a, yeah. that was an interesting critique, I think, for, for a lot of people I was reading. Um, some people were kind of upset at the fact that, like, the, like artistically, we were trying to go back in time to see this thing happening, but to have them 
as old as they are in the back in time scene. <laughs> it was kind of like confusing for a lot of for a, a lot of the people who were watching. And I personally felt like I kind of get it. I feel like it was more of like a psyche type thing, like they mm. like the way that they view themselves. Like they still yeah, that's how I saw. It. You know what I mean? Like they still feel like that they're in Vietnam, even though that they're like upwards of fifty, you know, or sixty years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're like, you know, I'm still a soldier at heart. I can still go as hard as I did when I was right. 19, 20, 21. And we kind of see that throughout the movie with, with the different things that they try and do. Yeah, especially because they're more like flashbacks than it rather than it cut to like an actual scene of that that taking place. You know what I mean? So rather than us viewing it, we're kind of viewing it from like their eyes and their flashback and them just viewing themselves. So Yeah, no, I really love the flashbacks like because it, it changed the... The camera, um, what is it? The ratio, the the screen. So it was like widescreen when it's in the current time, and then it goes back to flashback. And it's, I think it's like, um, it's just square. Like I forget what the the ratio is called, but it's just, it's like eighties film, like, um, yeah. like super eight type. type it reminds uh, me of like a order. black exploitation film, like you know, like the like the seventies kung fu. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it felt like, you know. Or, and then it also reminded me of how people viewed, because we weren't old enough at that time, but how people viewed the Vietnam War when they were able to watch it, because it was the first war that was televised. Mm-hmm. And people were actually able to see the carnage that was going on, and it wasn't censored. And, you know, people were getting killed, and you see babies getting killed, and you yeah. see women getting killed right in front of you on the TV screen. And it was, um, I'm sure that that was just, that's a, the, the effects of that don't really get talked about because America doesn't like to talk about its losses. Um, they only they like don't to even claim it as a loss. That's crazy, right? So dumb. It's like, you guys lost. <laughs> like, there was really no reason for us to be over there, you know? That's, and that's the thing about, like, war, like war movies. That's what it really shows you, like, these are regular people who were just sent to some random country hoping that we win, you know, like it's, and, and not only that, it not, not only is just sending Americans, they were sending a lot of black people because they're like, well, if we're going to fight this war, we're going to send these people first. And if they, if they die, they die. And then we'll send our good ones in. Cause you know, all the, all the cannon fodder will already be done. So, and you know, I always, I always like, I, I, well, I never really put two and two together, but anytime that they would talk about white people in the war from old, it would always be World War II veterans. Mm-hmm. It would always be World War II, like, you know, some super old dude, like, you know, wearing World War II veteran type, type thing. But then whenever they talked about black veterans, it was always more current. It was always Vietnam veterans, you mm-hmm. know, it was always like they or the Korean war veterans. And it's just like, I didn't put it together, but as black people were getting more free in this country, they used them to be more expendable as the wars continued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I, I, it's just really fucked up. Cause I mean, even in the movie, um, there's a scene, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll fast forward a little bit. There's a scene where they're listening to the radio and it's, it's the Vietnam radio. The, the five soldiers are just sitting around and um, she's announcing that um, America had just assassinated Martin Luther King. 
and they're over here like why are we fighting this war you know if they're over there killing they're killing our own kind like they don't care about us they they're just using us just for cannon fodder you know and that's when chadwick boseman was like no we have to like we have to we had to just finish this fight that we have over here and then when we're done we'll go over there and we'll 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 fix that too you know yeah obviously that didn't happen um you know as as they wanted it to but i mean like we're still fighting that war today you know it's i mean not not the vietnam war but you know in the movie itself they also they always say too like the war never ends like there's always a war in your head you know and i mean that's kind of what we're going through right now it never ended it's still to this day yeah I, i think it's super interesting how like where the disconnect was and this is something that we may not know like we have to probably talk to vietnam vets um about but it's like when they did come back like was the fight out of them in that sense like did they, were they just tired and and the people who were being born didn't have the same aggressive nature because they weren't a part of that war mm-hmm. you know like i think back to like or were soldiers that Chadwick Boseman was supposed to portray, did they just end up dying while they were out there so they couldn't come back to lead? You know, because I'm wondering, like, where did the leaders go? And then you kind of get into systematic and and societal things like the crack era kind of came right after the Vietnam War, you know, was back. And, like, just the way that they flooded the streets with crack and cocaine and they got people addicted to drugs during the 80s and then the war on drugs and i'm sure that that affected because we had some of the soldiers who had prescriptions to oxycontin and and helping them i don't think that the war on drugs excluded that you know what i mean so you have these people that were that weren't being afforded the drugs that they needed or that were addicted to the drugs that were that they had and it just it the cycle just kind of continued. Yeah. Yeah, no, most definitely. Um, I was going to mention something. Oh, um, I kind of wanted to just kind of go through the movie, the timeline, uh, right off the beginning, obviously it shows them in the war. And then, um, uh, I think they find, they find gold. So it's, it's another Netflix movie, kind of like about mercenaries, you know, I don't know. Netflix loves like their mercenary war movies for some reason, but um, they find gold. Um, it's the gold is for the Vietnam or uh, I think the Vietnam soldiers that are helping America. Mm-hmm. America was going to pay them, but they didn't want cash. So they were paying them in gold. A plane crashed in, um, in the jungle. Um, the five bloods came across it. And they said, we're going to bury this and we're going to come back for this, you know, in a few years. Um, They bury it and then it goes to, I think, current times. I think they're finally in Vietnam again without Chadwick Boseman. And one of the first things that that really caught my attention is I think it's... um, uh, Paul Delroy Lindo, he he's wearing a "Make America Great Again" hat. <laughs> yeah, and um, it's just like that right there is like it kind of it's very current. Obviously, the movie takes place in 2020, and, and then it goes back to 
uh, the 70s in Vietnam. But I mean, what's your guys' take on that just alone, like that little detail that Spike Lee wanted to put in? Because obviously the the president in the movie too is Trump. They mentioned yeah. it. It's like if it's happening now. Yeah. Um, war kind of takes its toll on certain people, man. Like, especially, well, especially Delroy's character, he... Even they said, like, even after he left the war, like, he wasn't oh, the yeah. same. So he deals with nightmares. He deals with getting, go- like, ghosts coming to him every night. And he deals with deals with that every day. Um, but, like, if, if that's what he believes in, like, can, he made that comment, too. Like, I'm trying to keep the immigrants and the communists out of my country. So, like, build the wall. Or, like, when they're in the bar. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I'm kind of glad Spike added it. Because it, it kind of shows... That even even though they're all fighting for the same thing, they they might not. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I feel you. I mean, I I didn't hate it. It was just very interesting, you know, because it was it was an ex- it was unexpected for them to even bring up Trump or or MAGA or anything like that. You know, I I thought all the current stuff was gonna be like actually left out, but no. I mean, I I mean, I haven't watched too many Spike Lee joints, but. I mean, that was very interesting, you know, that yeah. that there's that there's black people out there, and I mean, even there's even Mexican people out there that that voted for Trump, and it's yeah, it's very confusing, you know. The reality is, is that just because you are, um, it's it's just so complex. Mm-hmm. Because you're oppressed or you're of a certain community, um, doesn't mean that you don't agree with the ideals that a certain person has, you know, there are a lot of black people who um, are very proud of this country, even though that this country is notorious for the atrocities that have happened to black people. Mm -hmm. You you believe that, that this country, you know, that they are born here, which they are, and that they are Americans and that anybody who's trying to thwart their, their freedom is an enemy, you know, even, even if, uh, they aren't being treated well here. And that's kind of the, the PTSD that, that Paul was kind of going through is that like he supported, he supports the troops. He supports America going to places and imposing their will because he believes that America is right. Um, and I think he's also saddened by the treatment of soldiers, um, when they go back to America. You know, and just like that kind of issue, he feels like as a soldier, you are above um, a lot of things. And like you are, you're, and as you represent your country, any president that's representing that as well, he's, he's rocking with, you know, that's like one of his major issues. He doesn't care um, from a humanity perspective because he's kind of had his humanity taken from him, you know, mm-hmm. by going to war. Like he's like, fam. I'm out here killing people. I will take your life like in a heartbeat. And that the the country is what's more important than the individual. And I think that's kind of like, that was an interesting thing that, um, that Spike Lee decided to show because there are black people who are like that. There are black people. They're not just all paid actors. Like, yeah. yes, I do. I do yeah, there's some. That, that happens for sure. You know, because people will do things for money. But there are people who do um, who are, you know, there are black people who are Republicans. There are black people who support any, any president that is 
supporting the troops because what they've gone through, they feel so misrepresented when they come back that any president that's like, yeah, I'm for you. I'm trying to make sure that you're funded. I'm trying to make sure that you have the things needed and, and that sound like their own drill sergeants or sound like the people that were in authority over them, they're already um, kind of, they're already molded to fit that. You know, it doesn't matter what your color of skin is at that time, you know, as long as you look at me as a soldier. And I think another thing is that a lot of the racism um, didn't necessarily, like it happened on the battlefield, but I think that when you're in battle with somebody, you kind of throw that shit out the window. You know, it's like, yo, my life is in danger. Your life is in danger. I don't care if you're black or white. We're about to take out this enemy that's trying to kill both of us. Right. Oh, yeah. And then oh, when yeah. you get back to reality, then it's kind of like, oh, now you're seeing something. You know, I know a lot of soldiers who, like, they they feel that they aren't racist because they've been able to fight alongside their brothers and sisters who were of a different color or of a different race than them for a cause. So they're like, no, it's impossible for me to be that way. Um, unfortunately, when you come back into this, the country that you were fighting for, um, not everybody has had that experience. Not everyone has like, cause you know, trauma brings people together. Mm-hmm. Right. You know what I mean? So if you save any of these racist women, like or racist men that, that we've seen, I say women just because there's a lot of Karens and things like that, just with the media that right. been being shown. So I don't mean to imply that it's just women, but whenever you see these types of things, I often think, what if I saved one of their lives? Like, like genuinely just save their life. Like there was a car coming and I pushed them out of the way and saved their life. I think at that moment, they wouldn't see that I'm just a black person, mm-hmm. that they were just yelling all these obscenities about and wanting to hurt. They would see, wow, yeah. this person just saved my life. Yeah. It's funny you bring that up. Yeah. I recently saw a picture of, um, it was at a protest. I think some people were beating up this white dude and he got really injured. And um, there was a group of black dudes that picked him up, put him on their shoulders and was trying to take him to like ambulance. And it's like, damn, like, even though this guy was probably there, like disrupting, yelling obscenities and, you know, like just being just being foul you guys just ended up putting him on your shoulders because he's hurt you know like and who knows maybe that guy's opinion was changed after that. he's like damn like these guys really picked me up and and saved me from all these and from this mob you know but we're hoping but, that what that does is that that changes it for people to understand that it's a humanity issue we don't right. want people's humanity to be compromised mm-hmm. we don't want people getting killed because everybody has dreams. Everybody's a father. Everybody's a mother. Everybody's a brother or sister or uncle or aunt. And that's just like something that you inherently know. Like if you felt that way, then I can feel that way. And sometimes we get bombarded with media that confuses that, you know, or makes us feel like that it's on this political thing and people act upon that. And when they're acting upon that, you can you can kind of tell whether it's rooted in actual evil or whether it's rooted in confusion. And I think a lot of the times it's rooted in confusion. Um, And that's the gamble that you take whenever you try and and save somebody or try and help somebody or have a conversation with somebody. 
is that it's just rooted in confusion. Like you don't know that I am a brother to you as well because we are human beings in in our you know in our society yeah. and we're going through the same types of things. Like a lot of people that I see, they're like, oh, well, like I'll never understand like what black people go through or how like you can understand anger, you can understand sadness. Like those are emotions that you feel too. Black people don't have this extra sensory emotion that yeah. just comes out. It's like There's no, no sixth sense. Yeah, yeah, like we've just been feeling it for a long time. So we're very well versed, you know, and we're very well, you know, we're able to articulate it in different ways, i.e. look at our music, you know, a lot of black music. That's why I love the music that was chosen in Defy Bloods. Like oh, it was a lot yeah. Really yeah. good. But remove the percussion, remove the rhythm from it and listen to the words. And that song, you know, is is a very, very sad song. And it's like, and he's basically pleading, like, look at my humanity. Change going What's going on is, that's the question. What is going on? Oh, you know, like people think that because it has a, a beat and a, and a rhythm that is danceable and that makes you smile, that it is all of you know roses and daisies and that it's good but the lyrics of the song is him really posing a question of like why is all this happening to us like what is going on here why why are we getting killed why is there brutality like we feel just like how y'all feel and i think that's like one of the main issues with the black lives matter movement you know it's like people think that this this whole political thing when no, we're just saying that black lives matter. Like what's yeah. going on? You know, black lives, they, they matter. So they shouldn't be taken, you know? And, yeah. um, and that's, that's really, that's really like, that's how it goes all full, full circle. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so, so to continue with the movie, um, after the MAGA scene, after the bar scene, they're all talking. I think they're in Vietnam already. Right or yeah. the whole movie pretty much takes place in Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. So they're in Vietnam. Netflix also does. Yeah, so, movies in foreign countries, which is really cool. So they, um, so obviously they 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 buried gold. They went back to go get it in 2020. So I think it's been like over over 50 years. He served right? in 71, so it's been or, like 50 years. Yeah, 50 years. So I think they were trying to go back earlier, but something happened, and they kind of didn't want to come back, you know, not only because they were there for the war, but because they lost one of their, one of their, one of their brothers, one of the bloods. Um, But they ended up coming back just to, just to reclaim it. And um, the country is so different from, from the war, you know, from back in Vietnam, there was no KFC, there was no McDonald's, there was no Starbucks. And now they went back and everything's lit up and they're like, damn, like it's a good thing when he invaded Vietnam because it would have never been like this. Which pretty much capitalism like ended up like infecting Vietnam and it's like, it just sucks. But um, interesting where it's like America lost the war, but capitalism still won. Right. No, it's... It's a scary thing, man. You know, it's it's money is very I mean, like even in this movie they talk about how how the gold can change them. You know, there's a there's a part later on. Oh, I'll get to it in a little bit. But um so so yeah, Vietnam has changed. They're there for the gold. They meet with some guy who's whose dad was in the war 
and he's going to like help them navigate to where where they want to go and stuff like that. They don't want to tell them that why they're there because obviously if they tell anybody why they're there like there's going to be more people like following them and and searching for gold and shit like that. Um so I believe it's uh the one that was on um the one that was taking pills. Uh, I forgot his character's name. I had it right here. Otis. Otis. Um, he has a friend in Vietnam that he had <laughs> and um, sh- he meets her cause she has a connect for the gold. So when they get the gold, they want to transfer it. Um, and, and that scene was very interesting too. Uh, they have a very interesting conversation when they're having dinner uh, about, you know, back then being in Vietnam and how it was different for both of them, you know, being a woman in Vietnam and, and being a black man serving in Vietnam, you know, all the, all the obscenities thrown at you, uh, just even though you're trying to, you know, make, make a change or make a difference. Um, they're talking and out of nowhere, her daughter walks in and she doesn't just look Vietnamese, you know, she's, she's Vietnamese and she's black. And obviously, Right off the bat, I was like, well, that's his daughter, obviously. And um, she was talking to him how, like, yeah, when she was growing up, like, uh, they, like, pretty much just, they bullied her, you know, because of her skin color. And, you know, being a woman and being Vietnamese, they just called her dirty. And and it, it's just it's just crazy, like, how racism isn't just in America, you know. It's, it's also in in these other countries, you know, whether it's against black people, whether it's against their own kind, um, whether, you know, like the <laughs> world war two Germany uh, against the, the Jewish people, you know, it's, it comes in all different shapes and forms. And to see that it, w- it was very interesting. Um, but what's your guys take on, on that scene, on, on that scene where they're having dinner, I guess. Um, I mean, it's kind of, expected i mean because like if you're out there serving that long and if you do meet somebody because i feel like it's pretty common for someone to have like a love child out yeah. in like the war you know what i mean so it, i wasn't like caught off guard like too much mm-hmm. yeah i thought that that it when i saw that i knew that okay every um person who's involved is going to hit like a certain trope or a certain like circumstance that that is a result of war you know, you had Paul with, with, he was like really abrasive. So you kind of felt like, okay, he's going to have that PTSD, like, like he never left kind of feeling. Otis, you know, he, he seemed like the more sensible one, the more sensitive one. So when it was revealed that he ended up being with a Vietnamese girl and them having a child, and then most likely that story goes, um, the wife or the, the woman ends up having that child and not telling. Um, you know, the soldier, mm. that, that's your child um, and having to deal with that and him being such a sensitive and loving person in general, not being able to love his daughter or know that he has a daughter takes a toll on a person as well, you know, and then you have the the other blood who was established as being, you know, he went back and he bought into the system. Oh, yeah. Bought into the capitalism. Yeah, Eddie. Like, yeah, yeah you know, I spent all this money, da, 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 I got these car dealerships. I went back and I did, I, I served and I did my duty, but in doing that, he never really um, 
he still succumbed to the system that was in place. You know, he made bad investments. He he thought that the American dream was was the American dream, but quickly realized that it wasn't for him. You know, mm-hmm. and that and that if you get careless, you can find yourself in holes that you know we'll figure out at the, later on in the movie as we talk about it. But he kind of flexed as him being you know the self made guy when he got back from the war. And then you have like, you know, you always have like the funny, the funny guy, you know, the guy who's like in the war, he's, he's like, he's affected, but he doesn't come off as being affected. He's low key, like the, the, he's not the leader, but he knows what's going on and knows like to be like, you know, (laughs) keep his mind straight. You know what I mean? And um, so just to have those kind of personalities and those kind of, uh, those kind of tropes, I figured out once I saw that scene, I was like, okay, everybody's going to have to deal with their own demons throughout this me- throughout this movie in each one of those different ways. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, most definitely. It happens. It all unravels. It's a very long movie. Um, I started watching it. I didn't even know how long it was going to be. And it got to the halfway point. I was like, oh, I think this is the end. And then I like, clicked to see how much time. I was like, damn, it's still an hour? Like, what is going to happen? Bro, I did the same thing. Literally at like an hour 19 left of the movie, yeah. I was like. That's because they find the gold. Yeah, they find the gold like at that mark. And then you're yeah. like, okay, they found the gold. Cool, it's almost over. No. Nah. One of the things that I feel like that they squeezed in that like, I feel like it could have been used for maybe one of the other other bloods was his son like ended oh, up coming. Yeah. and i thought that was like a little yeah, like gonna... it was kind of like weird i was like wait who's this guy like yeah it was a little random but um and he was wearing a morehouse <laughs> shirt i didn't know what that was i was like morehouse what is morehouse i looked it up during the movie i was like oh, oh yeah morehouse is I almost went to morehouse. A, a black a black university correct yeah yep. Is uh, is all all boys black university? Oh, okay, all boys. I didn't. I thought it was just. Uh, I thought it was just mixed. But, but yeah, that, it was very random. Probably have a little bit more co-ed that's involved, but they have a sister school called Spellman. Oh, I've heard of Spellman. All of the girls go, and a lot of like Morehouse and Spellman activities, extracurricular activities. They they you know they combine, but the actual campus is predominantly all men. You know, all okay. your classes in there with men. You know, I'm sure that it's kind of changed a little bit now, just because we're in we're in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, I, yeah, I definitely wanted to talk about that a little bit. You know, like he said, it's kind of it's kind of weird they squeeze it in, but um, he's always been worried about his dad. You know, he says it like my dad has has nightmares at night. You know, he was telling his friends and stuff like that, and he's not the same. Like I, I'm worried about him. That's why I followed him out here. <laughs> Obviously, his dad didn't want him there. His dad hates him. You know, he's he's never been really capable of loving his son. And um, it was kind of sad to me, you know, that, that you go through a war, you come back and you you hate your family, you know. Um, and obviously, he's, I don't know if you, you love war. Yeah, pretty much. And destruction, you know, like, it, honestly, if they would have, like, kept all the soldiers in Vietnam, I'm pretty sure he would have stayed, you know. But yeah. but yeah, it was pretty messed up. Um, pretty much he meets, and then it's random. He meets um, people who in that bar, people who defuse or or get rid of landmines that are still left over from the war. Yeah, um, and that was like a pretty like political 
thing that I feel like Spike put in there, but it's like, it's like one of those causes that not many people think about that. There mm-hmm. are groups of people that are doing and putting their life on the line, trying to find these mines that have been left over and buried that like constantly go off. And we saw like with kids that are just like playing around in their backyards or in the forest or something like that, they end up step- stepping on a landmine and it goes off. And next thing you know, you're losing limbs. Like that was just crazy that they, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that was pretty crazy. And then obviously, since he was in Vietnam already, he was he went along with them to to help them out. And um, uh, what was next? Oh, they go to meet the Frenchman too. Um, after he gets the plug, they go to get meet the Frenchman. Pretty much, Frenchman is a banker, and he's going to be the one they take the gold to, so that he can deposit the money in like offshore accounts and pretty much just convert it for, so that way they can divide it all and take it back home. You know what's so crazy, man? Like when you think of like offshore accounts and stuff like that, you almost think being like a kid in America, you think of like James Bond or you <laughs> think of like some like secret agent, like, Oh, he got the offshore account or like some like elite thing. But that's like for, for it to be offered to them, it made me feel like, Oh, so this is just like a common thing. Yeah. That like yeah. people just have to know what the system is. And sincere, you work in banking, you know what I mean? But like to to find out how that system is in place where it's like, yeah, like you can open an offshore account in this particular country because you'll be able to get transactions from them yeah. over and over again. Yeah. Nobody's gonna know like what's going on or it'll be tax free or all these other things. It's like that's some wild loopholes. Yeah. Yeah, it makes you think all think about all the politicians that probably have offshore accounts, you know, off the books and stuff like that. Yeah, but not um, even just politicians, just people who know to do that. I yeah. feel like the neighbor can have it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if they have enough money or if they've come in, if they've inherited enough money and, and like the way that they're living is almost a front, you know, because they have actual money that they're able to to go on vacation with or to give to their kids with or to start a business with or to do these different things. Yeah. Yeah. It's very interesting. So um, pretty much they, they're trying to make offshore account. They got to get the gold first. They don't even know how much gold they have. They kind of have estimate. So um, they don't trust him and then he doesn't trust them, but eventually they just settle. They're like, all right, if we're going to do this, we have to trust each other or else it's not going to work work um so they end up going to the guy who's going to help him lead to the forest um and on the way there they get on a boat uh that pretty much just it kind of reminds me of italy you know like there's marketplaces where you're just on a boat and stuff like that um before they get on the boat um i'm I'm really bad with names um otis Otis's uh, wife, or not wife, um, um, baby mama, gives him a gun. And she mentions, just in case, you know, because money or gold does gold does things to people, you know, like it can change you, you know. So here's this, just in case. And um, I mean, that's just, it's just crazy that she really had to give him that, you know, because it's, it's true, you know, like stuff like that really changes you. Um, yeah, I, mean, he it. I mean, yeah, that too. Like these are, these are your, you went to war with these guys, you know, like 
I think even just the fact that they just went back just for it just is enough to show you what it can do to you. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't even know if it's there still. They're hoping it's there. Yeah. And they get there later on a little bit and it's not there. Well, it is, but it's not. Um, so yeah, they're going through the marketplace and um, they get to this guy who wants to sell Paul a chicken and Paul does not want to buy a chicken. Obviously, no, nobody wants to buy no fucking chicken. Um, well, and, like reiterate that it's a live chicken, not just like... Oh, yeah, it's a, it's live, a live chicken. It's a live chicken. That's the thing. Like This guy is trying to sell him a live chicken, and Paul's like, get away from me. And he's telling him in Vietnamese, no, 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 over and over and over. But like he started he started off cool, calm, content. Like He was just like, no, yeah. like no, thank you, mister. Like, no, I'm good. But the guy kept pressing. Yeah, he, he was just pressing. He's like, come on, man, buy the chicken. Like... You want by the just and then he starts freaking out like the PTSD kicks in and um I think he I forget what he calls him he calls oh, him a gook he, yeah he, he calls, calls him, him a, gook. a gook and I was like oh wow like he actually mm-hmm. said that and I think that's when the the guy got mad and he started yelling in English like you killed my father like you killed my mother I think he said and it was G-I, like, G-I. yeah they started yelling GI. It's crazy that, I mean, we forget that the Vietnam, the Vietnamese people lost a lot more than what we lost. Right. You know, they lost families. We lost, we lost a few men. You know, I'm not saying that that's that's like equal or more, but like yeah, they but the wasn't on our soil. It was on there. Yeah. You know exactly. Like they pretty much lost their home. Like going back to what I said earlier, like there's KFCs, there's Starbucks, there's McDonald's everywhere. There's no mom and pop businesses uh, flourishing from the Vietnam Vietnamese economy. It's Americans flourishing off Vietnamese economy, and like it's it's crazy, you know. Like especially in that point when he's he's saying all that, it makes you realize that the the Five Bloods aren't the only ones going through it. The whole country of Vietnam of Vietnam has been going through it for, for 50 years, you know? So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, 50 years isn't a long time. I think that's one of the main things that <laughs> this movie really told me is that, um, it's, it's not a long time, um, for, oh, wow. for all of these things that have happened, you know, like it's people think that, uh, Martin Luther King being assa- assassinated was like so long ago. It's like, no, they're like he was marching with our parents you know what i mean and right. like our, par- our parents were alive when that was happening and the people who are marching against him are still alive you know what i mean during this time um and so you know i think that that it's just so interesting how uh, how they show the different effects in the movie you know and one thing i want to do because the movie is long and we can we can you know, keep talking about it, but I oh, want yeah. to encourage everybody who's listening to, to check it out um, because there is a second half of the movie. Oh um, yeah. It's very, very long, extensive. But one thing I want to ask uh, for you guys is just like, what, what was like a part in the movie that you felt was like the strongest, you know, for you? Uh, I'll send it over to this here. Um, the strongest yeah it's like like a part in the movie that you're just like whoa all right that made you like feel something no i mean i think we just touched it like the, the just that i think that first scene when like start off with a chicken you kind of get like 
the real sense, especially not not so much like the PTSD, but like these dudes, even though they serve together and they're brothers, like they're going to be quick to like even turn on each other. Like even when they found the gun, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, they found the gun on him and they thought he was going to turn. Like that just shows how like, even though like I've known these dudes for years, these are my brothers, I've served with them, but I still can't trust them. Or like, you don't know that. Or it's not so much that you can't trust them, but like in the back of your head, if you have PTSD or, you don't know who to trust or if you have like these nightmares then of course like you're gonna feel that especially if you find a gun on one of your homies you know what i mean yeah yeah one of the parts for me was when um when paul's son um what's his name david stepped on the mine on the landmine he he realized like wow like i can lose my son like I, i can't lose my son you know like he started freaking out he started trying to find ways and that's when the bomb or the bomb unit brand it was so weird how they just showed up it was yeah. funny i was like okay what what are the odds but yeah and um that part he was like all right like i'm I'm gonna save you you know like don't worry i got you and like you, believe in yourself like you're a morehouse yeah like you're a morehouse what what schools do you go to like tell me what schools do you go to and then they figure out how to get them off and when they do like there's a sense of relief they yes. hug and you and you see like okay he does love his son it's not just it's 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 you know it's hard for him but they, it took him all that up to that point to realize it but um obviously after that he he breaks again but um i think that's just the ptsd and not actually him you know so i think he did a wonderful job of, of showcasing that that scene in particular the scream that he let out at the end of relief when he was able to get his son, it was very impactful for me. I was just like, man, like that, that did it for me. That did it for me for sure. I was like, that was good acting. That was just a great scene and a great situation that's horrible, you know? Um, And to get out of there, you know, relatively safely is like a miracle in itself, you know? And I think it kind of showed how important the the other group's work is with the landmines and everything like that. So um, I definitely want to want to talk. I feel like we're going to be talking more about these kinds of movies and, and this, this um, it's kind of like, we're going to see a lot more in-depth situations yeah. um, kind of examined more. I love the history aspect of the movie, all of the history kind of being correct and the dates and the times of everything happening and who was doing what. Um, so I definitely encourage all of our listeners and people who are watching to check out the movie. Um, it, it's a, it's lengthy, but it doesn't feel that way until you like think about the length of the movie. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's a very engaging movie. It's not like it's boring or anything like that. You'll just watch yeah. it. So just make sure to just have some time to watch it. Um, but very briefly, um, I do want to get to um, just like just the current current time of, of what we have going on. Um, I know that we have so much to talk about because we haven't been together for a while and we may have to save that for another, another pod, um, for sure. But, uh, just want to talk about, um, how all of that relates to what's going on right now. I just want to encourage everybody to get involved, um, to do your research, to look at what's happening, to look at, the dates of things happening. Um, where's your history coming from? Correct your own history and the things that you've been led to believe. 
it is time to uh, unlearn some of those things because they were they were taught to us in a way that was meant to make us uh, not feel responsible for for what's going on. But all of those things directly correlate with what's going on today in our society. So I just encourage everybody who is listening to um, to get involved. You know, we we can't afford to not be involved anymore. I think that's yeah. like takeaway from from this particular podcast is you have to get involved now you have to look for ways to get involved doesn't matter if you're black white hispanic asian doesn't matter like you have to get involved in your community you are responsible for that that is the price of freedom right you know for for being able to be free in this country we have responsibilities that are that are necessary and we can no longer run away from those responsibilities anymore so um it's very important that we dial in and that we uh make make this country better uh than when our ancestors and when our parents and when our leaders um were going through these things yeah and it's it's not even for us it's it's more so for our future you know right now we're not going to see direct change you know like nuri said we want things instantly but this is not going to be an instant thing Uh, this is going to take time it might take years you know and we got to be ready for it you know, like this, the um, the riots, uh, the bus riot, uh, the bus riot, the bus um, protests that they had for for Rosa Parks and all that. I think that lasted like a year and half a month. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously times are different. Social media makes things go faster. So who knows? It might be less than that, but we can't expect it to. You know, um, and also uh, one thing that I do want to bring up right now that's kind of just a little off topic is it's going to be very strange in the future. Like you said, in Vietnam, a lot of people, a lot of babies were being born and they didn't understand what we're going through. And right now there's a lot of babies and a lot of kids growing up that are not understanding what's going through. So, so really it's for our future and we have to educate ourselves now and continue to educate. So that way, when we do get, when they do get older, we can educate them so they can understand the same way we do, you know? So. Definitely. Yeah, kind of like what Narik said, um, all this that isn't political, it's moral. You know what I mean? Um, so don't don't get twisted in what like what people are saying when it comes to politics and whatnot. Like if you strongly feel like if you have a voice and obviously like you feel some type of way about what's going on, don't be afraid to speak out. Um, because you got people that'll back you up more than people that are gonna yeah. tear you down, you know what I mean? And yeah, um, if there is people tearing you down, you know, then then you know that they shouldn't be in your circle no more. Or yeah. or if you want to change their opinion, then have those conversations with them. You know, so yeah, yeah. Is the uh, the amount of followers and friends I've lost from like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? Um, like I could really care less about the numbers. Like it doesn't bother me because those people shouldn't have been there in the first place. You know what I mean? Um, because that's not what not what I stand for. It's not what you know. It's not what I believe in. Like if if you strongly oppose against like Black Lives Matter or or equality then like you shouldn't be in my feed anyways or you shouldn't follow me anyways you know what i mean so don't get caught up in the numbers don't get caught up in like the memories of people you grew up with or even family because you see a lot of families tearing apart right now because they could be like an interracial relationship or someone posted back lives matter and you have your family antagonizing you on socials like it's not worth it like don't get caught up in that you're your own person if you feel moral about what's going on and you don't like it speak out against it and then just if you have to cut those ties, it's better for you and the world and family you're trying to create. Yeah. Well, with that, with that being said, um, 
like find ways to contribute in your community. You know, don't be going to LA to go protest if you're from the IE. Right. Like, I, I strongly believe either protesting your city or just tackling your, your community issues is way better than just trying to go to LA and take pictures and, and come back and yeah, do don't nothing, be a clutch, you know? So, so there's a lot of ways you could, there's a lot of things you could do in your community right now. But um, with that being said, we will be talking about stuff like this a lot more. Um, this isn't just a one-off episode. We'll be back in the studio very soon. So um, yeah. it, we'll, we'll, we'll be back to our normal in a studio and um, yeah, follow us on Soundflick Pod. Uh, donate to our Patreon. Um, and Skywalker Mike, I'm out. That's cool. No Thank worries, you. that's cool. Just closing thoughts. This has been episode 26. Thank you so much for everybody who has tuned in. Um, make sure and like like Skywalker Mike said, follow us on all of our socials. Keep up with the things that we are promoting, both individually and collectively. And stay safe out there. Stay safe. Work smart. Um, you know, talk to your family. Talk to your friends. Um, be courageous during this time. We're going to need a lot of courage in order to get out of out of what's going on and to establish a new normal that is acceptable for every person, from every race, from every creed, from every situation. Um, so thank you so much for everybody who tuned in. Thank you, Productive Culture. If you were trying to start a podcast definitely reach out to Productive Culture. Um, they are the leading podcast uh, curators in the Inland Empire and in the LA area as well. I'm going to say that. And um, so definitely reach out to them. Tell them SoundFlick Podcast sent you. And uh, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks.